Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. For the rest of our days, we should be like this anyway. We need to be on the front line of interceding for whatever he wants us to intercede for. Part of our daily life should be praying and interceding for God's will. Amen? For God's will for our nation, for God's will for this church, for God's will for the nations, for his will in every area of our lives. And one of the, you know, we watched, Friday night we watched um, the thing on Moses and if you look at the thing on Moses and you look at the thing on David, you look at the stories on Joseph and all those. Have you noticed how all those people went through a lot before they moved into what God called them to? Paul. Peter. And, and I think the main reason that we go through so much so that, is so that we don't touch his glory. Because it's so easy to think it's you. It's so easy to think, oh, you're the one that prayed and they got healed, or you're the one who did this and you're the one who did that. And truthfully, he does work through his people, yield it to his spirit. But without his spirit, it's nothing. And he's everything without us. Can you see the difference? Without his spirit, we're, we're literally powerless. Without his spirit, we are powerless. But he has power even without us. And that he is so faithful to who he is. And when he gave this earth, when he gave the earth to Adam and to mankind to rule and reign over, he wasn't kidding. And then Satan came in and stole it. Really, when I think about it, Satan couldn't really steal it because Satan isn't a man. Satan could just get in the way of God's people ruling and reigning. So pretty much there was chaos. Does everybody get that? Satan can't steal this earth because he's not a man. And God gave it to mankind. So when people, he, did, he, didn't, he wasn't able to steal it. What he did is he stole mankind's authority on the earth to do the will of God. He stole man's kind, ability, authority to walk with God, to do the will of God on the earth. But he's never really been in charge of the earth. He never can be. He will never be a human being. And so when Jesus came and died, he came and died to restore the earth, not to himself, but to mankind. And now it's to mankind who will be led by his spirit. If you think about it, if you think about it, every single thing that demonically is released, a human being is acting in agreement with Satan to release it. That's why we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Do, do you see what I'm saying? So Satan can only work 
through people. So even when you see the horrific things he does, somebody's praying that. Somebody's uh, coming in agreement with evil and darkness for that. And, and that's the battle. That's the battle. But here's the cool thing. God in us is greater than anything the enemy can do in anyone else. God in a brand new believer is bigger than the most powerful demonized uh, Satanist. And I want you all to catch on to that. I want you to catch on that if you are born again by the spirit of God, you have more authority and power than Satan. Period. And the only way you lose that or can't, let me say this, the only way you don't walk in that is when you serve the enemy. Friday night, God had us break the power of all the people excited about recession because it shows that the people who are uh, illegally in charge are messing up and going to lose the, election, or the primaries. But does anybody know that was already won in the spirit realm? So we don't need to curse our nation Okay, we don't curse our nation because the enemy has been able to pull one over on us because of the lack of the church repenting and crying out for God's justice and for God's ways. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is a real battle. Um, it's Truthfully, the whole thing of earth is kind of... Yeah, there's like the game called the game of life or whatever. God created this. He's the author and finisher of all this. He's already told us the ending, at least to the part up to a thousand years after, you know, during his reign. After that, we're going to keep going. We just don't know what's the next thing he's doing. But we're going to be a part of it if we live and walk with him. Amen. So, so it's kind of interesting if you get above everyday problems and this and that and the other and see what, what is God really, what does God want to do in this whole thing? What does God want to do in this whole thing called life? Hmm? Well, he's preparing the bride, but he, so he wants, a, he wants a family. He wants He's given us positions in his kingdom. He's given us positions in his family based on our yieldedness to his spirit. But one thing he is doing too, because it looks as if, and I heard um, some teaching this week that really yayed yes with my spirit. He actually, um, he actually enjoys watching his people defeat the enemy. He, he actually delights in seeing human beings made in his image and his likeness for his purposes, overcoming the evil one and not just overcoming him. I want us to get beyond him overcoming. I, will, I don't want to just overcome the enemy. I want to overcome him, which I have. And then I want to put him under my feet. He probably wasn't that humiliated being thrown out of heaven by God. It probably woke him up a little bit to how delusional he was, right? But now to have human beings rule over him, that's really humbling. 
Because he was created as the highest created being ever before God made mankind in his image and likeness. Do you understand? And this whole thing is for you to not only overcome, like, oh, I'm going to give No, we're supposed to so give everything of ourselves to God that we get to flow in that entire picture that he's doing, which is choosing to live this wonderful life filled with his spirit, doing his will for his glory. For his glory. For his glory. God likes this. He likes winning. He's not concerned with who he is. He knows who he is. He already wrote the end of the book. And if it takes another whole generation to get there because our generation won't rise up, our, our generation overall in the church failed um, in the last 40 years. And do you want, I'm going to tell you why I think we failed. Because we got so excited about the gifts of the Spirit, so excited about conferences, so excited about concerts, so excited about being entertained by the supernatural power of God that very few people really changed and very few people really went forth to overcome and defeat the enemy and to completely give themselves to God. Correct? The world wouldn't be in worse shape 40 years later from when he started the prophetic outpouring. That wasn't God's intention. So I personally want to give my life completely to saving a generation that we lost with our concerts and our conferences and our getting together and prophesying over each other only and dealing with and having fun with our smoke machines and our lights. And I'm not talking about here. So I'm really, I'm really not talking about you. But I'm talking about whoever God's going to put this out there to see. Because he is now sober. I think we took a true move of God that started with Toronto to reveal the joy of the Lord is God's strength, to bring healing the brokenhearted places to the body of Christ, to begin to see people healed and set free. And I believe that was done uh, a lot. It's totally brought in a whole new, or let me say it restored the prophetic to the body of Christ, Right? But it got off track. Well, then, then came Brownsville. What was the main move of Brownsville and the prophetic? It was signs and wonders in the presence of the spirit of conviction of sin. And people ran to the altar, crying and crying out. Actually, maybe we'll try to pull up... Um, that one Brownsville thing from uh, the one girl who was um, shaking really hard. And what did the church do? The intellectual criticized it. It was kind of like the book of Acts when they said they must be drunk. And so people did not recognize this is powerful. Then what happened? What happened in Brownsville? 
What happened in Brownsville is then different people want it to be in charge of it. Different people want it to cover it. Different people. And it, so it started breaking off into groups of starting their own uh, Bible colleges from it and their own intellect got in the way. And all of a sudden it left nothing but a big mess there. How many know that was not God's will or intention? That was man's ego and man wanting to be in charge of it and intellect saying what can and can't happen. And it pretty much pittered out to nothing. And we were a part of a church that had speakers from that, that the Holy Spirit wasn't here, but, and it was power God was really moving. But then what happened? The same exact thing. Somebody came in with, well, somebody was there who had a jealous spirit and really, if you ask me, a completely counterfeit prophetic who began to had unclean things and began to prophesy at the altar calls and release unclean stuff when the person from Brownsville was actually very anointed. And pretty soon that jealousy and the covering doctrine that caused anybody in higher or let me say in places of true authority to be able to do anything about it. You know what covering doctrine does? It says whoever is, quote, under you has more authority than you. So basically it gave authority. Covering doctrine gave authority to the senior pastor who they call the apostle or whatever. But then the person that they have under them actually has more people that they rule over. And then the people under them, depending how many people they rule under, have more authority. So the person who actually has the heart for God, who has been given the calling, who's been given the, the assignment to watch God move in that place, if their eyes don't open to covering doctrine, the people that work their way in, which is going to have a lot of Ahab's and Jezebel's spirits on it, are take over. And what was really growing and awesome because nothing and that's happened all over so God's gonna bust all that up right because he wants all the glory we have so so we have to embrace what God did with the Toronto outpouring and what did he do he came to heal the brokenhearted that is the main thing that that outpouring was about it wasn't about the the different sounds. It wasn't about that. And what did it do? It released a supernatural anointing for signs and wonders that I don't, I think, I don't know that it had really been restored to the church until then. What, what follows the real? A counterfeit. So then you had counterfeit. You had counterfeit People seeing gold dust and counterfeit um, people who had no real calling or anointing, but they could have things, uh, gold dust and stuff come out of their hair and all this, and they had no real testimony. And here's what the church did wrong. They didn't go, the people who truly have authority in the church, they didn't go and call these things out. They still have the books up in their bookstores from people who they then know, who they know now. They know now that that person was having affairs with pastors. They know now the garbage that was going on, and yet they keep the books out that they sold and made money on back in that time. No one sits there and says, we repent. We repent for letting that person come into our ministry. They did this at camp. They did this at all, all over. And they caused the greatest, they opened up to the least amount of discernment that's probably ever been in the body of Christ. And
and everything. All of a sudden, so what, what, what happened from that? After that, then anything went. You had horrific rock music and demonized people playing and thinking it's okay. And if it brought a crowd, okay. You had people preaching itchy ear doctrine. You've got rid of anything that looked like the real Bible. Heavens don't talk about hell. Does everybody know hell is hot and every single person who does not make Jesus the Lord of their life are going to go there? And anyone who practices sin, habitual sin, and will not grab onto the power of the Most High God to be holy because he's holy, they too will be there because they're hypocrites and hypocrites will be there. So the church ought to be doing what Jesus did to set people free. And, and I was praying this week, and if you've, been, if you've been bound for a very long time and you just never seem to get a breakthrough, you've got to get faith. You need to start asking God for faith. Because we don't, I don't believe in covering here. I know it's demonic. And I am not called to do it for you. Neither is anyone else. You have to have faith to please God. So let me get everything lined. This is where we missed it in the church. Covering doctrine in these conferences and these meetings made a celebrity group of people. And everybody thinks if I could just be around that celebrity, I'll be okay. And the, the whole purpose of the fivefold ministry, the entire purpose of the fivefold ministry is to mature you and equip you until we all come to the full knowledge of Jesus Christ. And the enemy knows if I can keep them from coming to the full knowledge of Jesus Christ by enabling them to not mature and enabling them to not know that they need their own relationship with God. The shaking that is here now that is going to continue and that's going to hit everybody's lives is a shaking because you need your own relationship with God and your own faith, which is a happy thing. It's a happy thing. Everybody's petrified to not have a mommy or daddy who's going to take care of them. That's why God says, call no one. He says, call no one. Jesus says, call no one father. Don't let anybody take the place of God in your life. Call no one teacher. Don't let anyone take the place of Holy Spirit in your life. He, he calls those out specifically. He's God. Let's go with, by what he says. Right? So he's like, don't let anyone take the place of the Heavenly Father in your life. Don't let anyone take the place of the Holy Spirit, the teacher in your life. And Jesus has to be Lord for you to be in this. Lord means he is in charge. He's in charge. And so even as we're going to watch God restore our nation to its rightful, to, to the people who were rightfully elected, that's not going to stop the shaking. We, we have entered into the times of trouble. We have entered into the times where there will be shaking from now until Christ returns. But we ought to be excited by that because all he's going to shake is that which gets in the way of you walking with him, 
knowing him and having authority and power in his name and having the most exciting life and relationship that lasts forever. And he, I'm so in agreement with his shaking. Everybody wants our government shook, but our churches have better be shook. And churches means the people. And I'm going to bust, I'm going to bust covering every time I can. And I'm busting it out of here. I was praying for the same people, for the same problems again. Because I have compassion. I love the people here. I want people free. If I could, I'd just go and they'd be free. How many, how many would say, if I could, I would just go and boom, everything my child's dealing with or every place they're running from God, I, they'd be free. But are we greater than God? So he wants that more than we do. He wants that more than we do. He wants our children serving him, loving him, and having a relationship with him more than we do. He wants our spouses, our parents, our cousins, our friends, our coworkers. He wants them in a relationship with him that's real more than we do. Okay, let that sink in. Let that sink in. Is there anybody here who doesn't believe that? Let's just think The most powerful, nothing, no one can compare to the power of God. Not even close. Satan's not even, he's falling, he's, he's, he's under our feet. That's how low Satan is supposed to be. That's how humiliated he's supposed to be. So the most powerful being who's always been and will always be, who needs nothing, but loves unconditionally. Who paid the price so painfully to redeem us from a curse that made it so that we could not have a personal relationship with God. Jesus did not die for your sins. He died so that you could have your own real relationship with God. And he should have that. He should have that. And every place where the enemy attacks is a place where Satan is laughing because the person that he keeps attacking and the people he keeps attacking do not believe that God is who he says that he is. They do not believe that God is more powerful than the enemy and that God in them is more powerful than the enemy. They just don't believe it. Let me just say, many of us don't believe it. 
There are areas in your life where you don't believe it. Even the disciples were wise enough to say, help my unbelief. Whew. The disciples were wise enough to say, Jesus, help my unbelief. Covering doctrine stops you from thinking that you're supposed to ask Jesus to help your unbelief. And instead, you want to run to a person to help you who has faith. Right? We have entered a season where God is going to destroy the covering cherubim and his doctrine. He's also, in, we're in a season where he's going to destroy the Pharisee spirit of intellectually trying to do the God stuff. And there's nothing we can do about his great wisdom to bring forth his bride. And how many know that God is correct in all that he does and how he wants to do it and when he wants to do it and what we have to do led by his spirit in faith is to lay everything down before him and ask him to do it and then believe he's going to and where you don't believe he's going to ask him to help your unbelief now, when you ask him to help your unbelief, he may give me a message to preach right at what you were asking. But he has to give me the message to preach it by his spirit because he is the only one who can do it. And he deserves all the glory. He deserves all the glory. They, I was, I was, I'll just say this on here. People were asking, well, why do you think all these people who were strong believers and then, you know, are, are dying from these things? I believe it's because God is saying, no more am I allowing the covering doctrine and the people in high places, even of intimacy with the Lord, taking my place at all. I personally believe that's part of the reason some of the prayers aren't being answered because he's requiring. See, God makes a way of escape. He's the only one. He's the only one who knows your way of escape. He's the only one who knows your way of escape or your way of escape or your way of escape or your way of escape, your way of escape or yours or yours or mine or anybody. He's the only one who knows your way of escape. He's the only one who knows this is... Was God talking to you about this or something? Janelle always gets this. And I'm like, gosh, that's just what I was talking to God about. So this is because of her today. No. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? He's the only one who knows. And I keep trying to figure it out for you. And I keep trying. And, and I do help, right? But he's not changing what he's already put on my heart starting in 2020. What happened in 2020 is he wants you to have perfect vision. He wants you to hear him. He wants you to walk with him. He wants you to ask him. He wants you to die to self. He wants you to quit listening to the enemy. And Satan is going around like a lion seeking whom he may devour. And he's not kidding. 
and he seems to have more authority to be able to destroy than he ever has in my lifetime. If you don't believe me, come out of your little bubble and check out the news. Look at the youth. Look how horrible the media is. Look how hard. If the church, with all her teaching and conferences on transforming everything and changing everything, had been successful, why is almost everything a lot worse? Well, the Bible tells us why. Because in these last days, deep darkness will cover the earth. How many think he knows what he's saying? How many knows you're not going to change deep darkness from covering the earth? Does that mean you just give up? So what does he say when deep darkness covers the earth? Then his glory is going to shine through us. So he knows there's going to be deep darkness. He's not telling us to spend all our time trying to stop deep darkness. You can't stop something that he's prophesied is going to be here. So, but, but what is it he wants? He wants us to be light in darkness. He wants us to be light in darkness. Now, I've said this before. This is pretty powerful truth. The reason... Other nations have seen greater miracles in the past than our nation. Is because our nation had so much light. We considered ourselves a Christian nation. We had the Bible in schools. We, we based our laws on the Bible. We based our constitution on the Bible. So anyway, there was a lot of light in our nation. No matter how much darkness got in through evil and human beings given into evil, which is always going to happen in any nation. So can we just say, get over the evil that happened to your ancestors? I would be more concerned about the evil happening to our children today. To keep living in something that's already been dealt with by God and more Americans died during that time than any time in history. I would say let's let go of where the devil wants us focused and let's get our eyes focused on the now and the future of our children no matter what their skin color. Because we've dropped the ball in this. We're sitting there trying to go back and repent for the sins that we didn't personally commit instead of looking at the sins that we are committing while the kids are being trained and taught by social media that's owned by the devil for the most part and uh, unions, school board unions that will not even let decent people teach decent things and by perversion like we've never ever even imagined while we're sitting there as a church going back, trying to fight things and, and cause people to repent for things they didn't do. I do not have to personally repent for anyone else's sin ever. But I do need to get real and realize some of that issues from that sin got into my heart. And everyone in this room, it happened to you too. What were the sins from racism that got in your heart that 
ordered your steps that caused you to be someone different than God wanted you to be. And it doesn't matter what skin color you're in for that. Amen? And that's where the church has missed it in all this almost hyper-spirituality of things. I'm not doing away with what God gave each part of the church to do. We do need to have authority in every place where we can be an influence. Why? What, what is that called? Oh, light and darkness. We're to be the light in darkness. We're to be the light in politics. We're to be the light in, in uh, education. We're to be the light in darkness. We quit being the light in darkness because we were having too much fun. Many people feeling superior, tasting of the things of the kingdom, but not doing anything with it. I'm not talking to everybody. I'm talking to most people, though. Well, how do you know? How did you shine at your job? How did you shine at the PTA meetings? How did you shine um, in your homes? How did you shine? Now, let me say this about shining. You can only shine when it's Holy Spirit flowing through you. Everything else is not shining. So yes, you might have, you might have did this in your house and your kids had to do this and that, but was it Holy Spirit shining through you? Because when he does something, it produces love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, long-suffering, and patience. And so I want us to, to really yield to Holy Spirit completely. How many could say, because I could say this, if I really gave God everything he wanted, would my life look like this? If I really gave every single thing to God, would my life look like this? And how many could honestly say no? How many could say yes? Because I want to help you get free. Well, how do you know? Because I can tell by the fruit in your life and I can tell by, by you're not, there's just not that much shining. There's some. See, if I'm satisfied with where I am, then, then I become feeling superior and I begin to think more highly of myself than I ought. And I actually can get over into pride and I get a, a spirit. Uh, and if all my feeling good about myself is about my spiritual gifting or what I think I'm doing spiritually, I can actually get into extreme deception. And then it becomes a counterfeit hiding place that takes my sound mind. And I care enough to tell people the truth. When we watch God do something powerful soon to answer our prayers for our nation, it does not change what God is planning to do to shake his church. It does not change the enemy having more authority to attack you than ever before. And why would Satan be given authority to attack me more than ever before? Because I've been given authority to put him down. If I know I'm in a fight, but I already know that I have more power, and this is going to be a piece of cake, 
and I can handle this. It doesn't mean I'm asking for the fight. But it means I'm not afraid of it. It means who's ever challenging me should be afraid. Satan needs to be afraid of me. Satan needs to be afraid of you, but you need to get to a place where you know that. Perfect love casts out fear. Not a pretended love, not a counterfeit love, not a not dealing with my own issues love, which is all baloney. But a sincere, powerful, intimate relationship with God where you know that you know that you know that he is great and he is powerful. And let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Because the whole church, there's so much who got into all the spiritual stuff without the sanctification. Without sanctification, the spiritual stuff puffs you up and causes you to be either delusional or a target. The two go together. Why? Because when I recognize that I am not, when I recognize that who is he so great and powerful to love me, to want to flow through me, to use me to help others, even with all my flaws, to use me to love my kids, to pray for my kids, to pray for my husband, to pray for people, who am I? That this awesome, powerful, wonderful, amazing God would even want to have anything to do with me, much less make me look good. Then the re correct, true response to that is humility. And the correct, true response to humility is, God, help me, change me. God, make me who people think that I am if they think you're spiritual. And make sure you're not the only one who thinks you're spiritual. Because if you're the only one who thinks you're spiritual, there's a real issue. And the other thing, make sure not only people who are just around you think you're spiritual. See, I can go into any church, and even if they don't understand me, they know I'm walking in the power of God. And you can check out my entire life since I've been saved and whatever's, everything under the blood can't be brought up, praise God. But you will see, I'm not going backwards. I'm being changed. And I don't say this like, look at me. I say this because this should be happening for you for real. And I'm also talking more to the people who are going to be hearing this and the people who are going to hear this on the radio because our church has really been yielded to Holy Spirit to come forth with the new wineskin of a holy people who love God and it's not based on their intellect. It's not based on their money. It's not based on what church they go to, or how many conferences they've been to. It's based on Holy Spirit is real in my life. It's not based on how much of the Bible I've read, but I want to read the Bible because I love the Bible. I do not want to read the Bible. I'll be honest. I don't want to read the Bible if Holy Spirit isn't teaching me. I don't. I don't want to read the Bible if Holy Spirit isn't teaching me. I certainly don't want to read the Bible if a counterfeit spirit is teaching me. 
on that one say, Amen. I do not want to read the Bible with a counterfeit spirit trying to tell me who God is, trying to tell me who I am. I don't want the devil using the Bible to condemn me or anyone else. I don't want a religious spirit or, or a condemning or Pharisee spirit in charge and then think it's going to turn out good. The main people that Jesus Christ rebuked were the people who knew the Bible, understood the Bible, could even teach the Bible, but did not understand the God of the Bible and did not understand who Jesus was and did not yield to the Holy Spirit. It's a form of godliness denying the power. God wants us free from a form of godliness denying the power. Lorelai, can you go over with the other kids? We got the AC working. They're now helping our teens and our young people. They're not just ministering to the little kids. And I am ready for to get a strong group of young people who love themselves, first who love God, who then love themselves. We have to help our young people love themselves. If you can, if you don't love yourself, then spend some time asking God, why do I not love myself? And you know, people will do everything to not deal with not loving themselves. People, how do you prove, let me get this. Here's how you prove that you love God as far as God's concerned. You obey him. So I think there's a lot of people who really love him, even if there's blockages in their own life that makes it hard for them to go deeper. He looks at that. He looks at that. He's like, you know, this person's not playing games. They really obey me. They tithe. They want me in charge of their finances. They want me in charge of their economics. They want me in charge. They read my word, and if they see it in my word, they act on it. If they hear preaching and there's an anointing to convict them of sin, they get convicted. Not condemned, convicted. There's a difference. Convicted is, oh, that's what I need to lay down. That's what I need to change. That's what needs to happen different. That's being so not taught in the church anymore. Have a nice concert. Have a good feeling. Woo. You know, even if you go home and never feel it again because you only do it when you come to church. And, and, and preach something that makes everybody smile all the time. And there's no change. That's not true here. You might have people who can't, don't want to handle it and leave because they're, in, in, um, they're happy in just trying to be happy. You, you don't stay at a church like this if you don't want to be changed. Or, or let me ask you, why would you? 
why would you stay at a church? There's plenty of churches. They're bigger than us. They have fancier things. Some of them even, some of them you can, um, you know, you can eat a real full breakfast right there while you're doing it. And they have a band that has more than three uh, people on it, four, if Talia shows up. And, um, and uh, you know, I mean, there's got more programs for your kids. How great to kids to have more programs. And like your kids don't have enough entertainment. My gosh, yes, get them entertained nonstop in church because they live in Entertainmentville. Their phones are full of entertainment. Their TV's full of entertainment. The computer's full of entertainment. They go to school and do the minimum because there's so much entertainment because the devil has stolen all of their desire to fulfill what God has for their life. And, and I applaud the parents of this generation that's there now trying to correct all those things. I will let you know you need God's help. We are deceived if we don't think that we are in a time when we need Holy Spirit or this isn't going to work. We need Holy Spirit. But so God, let me tell you, the Lord, he, he's giving me this even, this isn't what I was preaching today. Some of you love God. Settle that. You, you're not following the Bible because uh, you've got a religious thing and you're just trying to follow the Bible to be superior. That's not your motive. Your motive for doing the word of God came because you had a real revelation that he's God. It changed what you were doing. And now when you read the word of God, you want to follow it. That means you love him. If that's you, I want you to say, I really do love God. Say it like you mean it. <coughs> Some of you need to really know that. You need to really say it because Satan tries to condemn you. If your motive for reading God's word and your motive for trying to do God's word is because you know he's real, you know he's God, and you want to please him, and you want to obey him, then according to him, you love him. I want to get your kids to love him. And I want you to get free to help me to do that. And then we need to help the kids in our nation to love him. But we have to get free to really be able to do this. What do I mean by free? Free from everything the enemy has done in us and lied to us that stops us from being light in darkness. So, let's say that again because I think it broke. See, when you speak... You hear yourself speaking. The enemy hears you speaking. The enemy already knows I know it. Okay, he, he, he can go listen to my, the DVDs and the CDs and the teaching and the hours that Karen and all of them edit. He knows I know it. But he doesn't, it doesn't mean you know it because you've heard me say it. But when you say it and you say it because you mean it, then the devil's got to go, dick. They now know they love God. They now know they love God. Do you know how big a weapon that is to slap the devil down? So if you mean it, and if you know that you read the word and you try to live the word for one reason only, because you know he's real and you love him. Not in some goofy, oh, I feel him, oh, 
There's people who say, oh, I love God, who don't obey the word. They don't read the word. They have no idea about it. They leave their little meetings and their church services, even today, acting all spiritual, and then they go out and sin. They go back home into a situation of fornication. They go back and they do this or they do that, or they go drink or they do whatever. See, I don't want those kids over there living that kind of life and thinking it's Christianity and then wanting nothing to do with this when they grow up. And the church needs to overall repent for not going deeper in God to preach how this really works. See, now I got y'all saying amen. Yeah. <laughs> I want to thank that person. I finally get response. If I don't amen for you, you amen for yourselves. I want, I, want, I want this to break through because our wrong understanding of loving God is causing some people to listen to the devil and try to prove that they love him and feel condemned and they won't get to the next place of how to walk in more freedom. So if you know that you read the word because you really believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. He really died for your sins. He's really worthy of your praise. If you really believe that that word of God was written by Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, to be real, that it's a living word and you do what you can to obey it, then you love God. Then you love God. Well, I was just saying that because I'm trying to help somebody to get it. You love God. You don't let the devil tell you you don't. Who is the devil to tell me if I love God or not? Boy, that's given him a lot of power in your brain if you let him tell you you don't love God. I want you to understand, once you're born again by the Spirit of God, Satan should have no more conversation with you. He should be afraid to talk to you. You should beat his butt every time he tries. He should be under your feet. You are not walking in this with God. This is not between you and God and the devil. Once you are born again, this is only between you and God. Satan has lost. Everybody's looking back here like, what's going on back here? It does look like Buckaroo, doesn't it, Edie? With those rocks we were on yesterday. Anyhow. And see, we got that picture in the back. Okay. So now, this is God's definition of love. That you know he's real. You've accepted his son as your, your savior, your Lord. And when you read his word or you're convicted by his spirit, you obey him. So if that's you. Say really loud because you're, you're letting angels know and you're letting the enemy know. Say, uh, if that's you, I love God. I love God. Okay, we're going to do it one more time. So, quit writing for a minute, Margaret. You need to say this out loud. You need to let the enemy know that you know this. You need to quit trying to figure, write it all down like you're going to forget. You'll never forget this. Okay, this is simple. You'll never forget this. You don't need 20 notes and five notebooks about it. You don't need to listen to 40 teachings on it. This is simple. This is the simple reality of if you love God. 
So if you meet all those criteria, if you meet the one criteria, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God and he died for my, to get me back in relationship with God. And I believe that God is the one who wrote the word of God. And I believe that when I, when I read it, I do what I can to obey it because I believe in God. If that's you, if that's your motive, then you love God. So I want you to let the enemy know. I want you to let, God already knows, but I want you to let angels know. I want you to let the enemy know. And God likes to hear it. How many still like to hear your kids say, I love you, mom? <laughs> okay, so you're going to say this. Actually, you're going to stand up because you are doing one of the greatest, you are releasing one of the most powerful Weapons of warfare, your love for God is your most powerful weapon of warfare. It's probably your most powerful weapon of warfare. It's definitely in the top five. So when I say three, if you mean it, and don't try to think, I already told you what it means, okay? Then declare it and mean it and settle it, okay? Everybody in here, settle it today. So Satan can never come and accuse you of not loving God again and bring you back into condemnation. Okay? One, two, three. Whoa! Whew. Okay, sit down. Now, that's settled. Everybody settled that, right? I, I want to get those kids so excited about the word of God and believing in the God who wrote it and yielding to the Holy Spirit that no matter what temptations come and how crazy this world is, they will have a deep, deep foundation of knowing I love God. Now, having knows, first you gotta know that God loves you, which I think all of those kids know. I think everyone here deep down knows it because why would his son die for you if he didn't love you? So the foundation of your faith is that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And whoever believes in him shall have everlasting life and not perish. Amen? Now I want to get amen. But we need to add to that in the sense of so we don't go into condemnation. I love God. So everybody just did this. I want you to see this. Jesus is the rock. He's the foundation. But I have chosen to love him. And I've proven it. And I love him according to his word. I don't love him according to feelings. I don't love him according to manifestations. I don't love him according to what love looks like on someone else as they mature in God. There are people who don't do any of that who can shake in the in, in, a, in a presence of God. There are people who, who go and sin, their tail, just sin and sin and sin and don't even give it a second thought. There's no convicting spirit. They don't even get it who think they love God. Because they listen to songs that you could sing to anybody because half the time they don't even put Jesus' name in there. Because just maybe they'll cross over into the secular and I'll become famous. God's going to shake all this. You're going to pick. Are you singing love songs to God? Or are you singing love songs to get a record label? 
Are you writing a book to glorify God, to build people up? Are you writing a book so that you can get people to come to your conferences? I'm going to tell you where we're at. I'm going to tell you what's about to happen, both with the economy stuff happening and what's going to happen in the church. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm seeing in the spirit, Jesus has those whips in his hands and he's going to his those who have the word church on their buildings or they're sitting in their homes with their Bible studies or whatever else. And he's got his whip in his hand and he's going to destroy selfish ambition and the love of money and wanting to serve him for money. And he doesn't want us preaching that in the Philippines. He doesn't want us taking that to Uganda. He's going to destroy it. He's going to destroy the counterfeit that came in with the real when he brought forth the faith message. He brought forth a true faith message, but the love of money got in there and perverted it for many. It doesn't mean that the truths about money and giving and tithing and increase is all real. It's always about what is your motive for what you are doing. And you'll never ever surprise, um, ch change, you'll never ever manipulate God. Maybe you say, well, they're manipulating. You can't manipulate God. You might be self deceived, but you'll never ever manipulate God. So I want you to get, here's the part that some of you are missing. When this is missing, you will not feel the presence of God. When this next part is missing, you will not feel the presence of God. You may hear a counterfeit and not God. Satan will continue to condemn you. You'll try to then be spiritual to feel okay about yourself and, and you can get off track. I want you to listen to this. This is coming from Holy Spirit today. And it's not just for you, but it is still for some of you. But it's definitely for people who are gonna be listening to this. This is, okay, you ready? What is the thing that if it doesn't, if you don't take this to God and let him deal with it, that will cause you, I don't believe it'll cause you to necessarily sin. I don't believe it'll cause you to, to go to hell. But I believe it will cause you to never have a overcoming, real, powerful relationship with God, which could lead you to going into sin, which could end up causing you to lose your salvation. But anyway, here it is. You have to love yourself. If you can't love yourself, you actually can't love your children. You can only enable, you can only entangle them, enable them, use them, and want them to constantly make you feel good about yourself. When they can't make you feel good about yourself, or your spouse can't make you feel good about yourself, and nobody can make you feel like you can love yourself, you will spend your life being uh jumping back and forth from things that they, it could be fancy spiritual things okay that doesn't matter a fancy spiritual thing well, i read the bible and i spoke in tongues and i did this and that okay let's pray it's really holy spirit but if you're doing it because without loving yourself you are constantly trying to love yourself you are created in the image of god to love yourself not with the counterfeit puffed up, all the lust in the world, all the Facebook, all the selfies all over the place and 500 pictures of yourself and, and videos everywhere and dressing like this and that and posing on Facebook. What is wrong with people? I'm going to tell you what's wrong with you. You don't love yourself. You don't love yourself. One of the... 
things God has brought me through in 30 years of doing this is to help people love themselves. I haven't always done it correctly. I've never even understood it. I actually loved myself. My dad did a really good job of unconditionally loving me, even though I realize now he probably doesn't really love himself, and I'm praying for him to be healed there. But that unconditional love in the midst of all the other stuff and being born again at an early age and knowing that God loved me really kept me from not loving myself. I still had things I tried to prove because of things that were cursed over me. I still had things of uh, people in my life had influence saying I'd never do this or that and I was gonna prove them wrong. And I had to lay all that selfish ambition down. I had to lay down trying to prove anything to anybody. I had to prove that my worth isn't in how much money I make. And so I've been in that process. But I've always known that God loved me since I was little. And I always thought he should. And I've always pretty much loved myself. Do you know loving yourself will keep you out of bad, damaging relationships? Loving yourself will be a really big reason to keep you from marrying the wrong person for some of you again, for some of you again and again and again. Loving yourself will stop you from being a predator trying to find somebody to take care of you. And when we don't love ourselves, we cannot love our children. We cannot love our spouse. We cannot love our grandchildren. And so what does the enemy know? Keep them from loving themselves. First, keep them from loving God. But okay, even if they love God, all right, we lost that. Let's keep them from loving themselves. And when you don't love yourself, and how many know the enemy uses culture to make you not, don't blame people with a different color skin if you don't love yourself. Don't blame people of another gender if you don't love yourself. Because you are looking to the wrong source to love yourself. And you're training and teaching your children. This whole thing that's happening now with people not even knowing if they're boy or girl, who could ever imagine that? It all goes down to this completely culture where people do not even understand what loving yourself really is. So everything has become perverted and lustful and about living for your own personal appetites and, and demonic pleasures. And, and people don't even understand merits. They don't understand true Christianity. They don't understand what this is about. And here's the good news, all right? Why are you sitting there feeling bad because you don't love yourself, all right? When there's something and you can put your finger on it and say, ah, this is it. This is really it. Then you stop Everything you've done to try to make people love you and value you and feel better about yourself. You stop serving the enemy. And you spend time talking to your heavenly father about it. Oh, right away, the devil's up, but you won't hear him. You don't have to hear him to read his word. But let me tell you what, when the enemy can convince you you'll not hear God, he will make sure you never hear God. 
So you need to repent, which means turn away from the lie that you won't hear God. Turn away from that lie. Just turn. How many people came to this ministry not hearing God, but after God, all these truths to set you free, you hear God? Okay, for those who don't, and then some already heard God, and some think they heard God, and all the in-betweens. And some really did hear God. Sometimes you hear God just in one area. If you got an opinion, your opinion can sound like God. If you got demonic bondage, your demonic bondage will be the devil acting like God. So God wants to purify all that. And here, here's the key. This isn't complicated. God did not make this complicated. He says, love yourself. What is he? Love your neighbor as yourself. That's the second commandment. What does it tell me? I can't love my neighbor if I don't love myself. I can't love people of another color if I don't love myself. I can't even really love people of my own color if I don't love myself. I can't even love people in my own family if I don't love myself. All I can do is get in bondage and entanglements and codependency and so who's going to make me feel better about myself i'll just i'll throw a big one on you a lot of the people not all but who are interracially marriage especially back when it was really not popular in our culture they did it because they didn't love themselves they didn't do it because they're not racist Ooh, hit that one with a bullseye Do you really say that? Other people already think it. Some don't. If you don't love yourself, you did not get married for the right reasons, and you probably did not get married to the right person or people, depending on how many times you've been married. Most divorces are probably based on you did not love yourself when you got into that relationship. How simple is the gospel? Jesus, he says, well, what are the good things we need to know? And he says, love, your, love, love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. Love him first. And love your neighbor as yourself. What's required to do the second commandment and have healthy relationships, even with your own children? Does everybody see this? I'm not making this up, am I? So how do I love myself? Well, he created you to love yourself. Therefore, you recognize, I agree with him that I should love myself. Everybody say, I agree with him that I should love myself. I should love myself. Deep down, I love myself because I'm created in his image and his likeness. And he says, I should love others as I love myself. Well, he doesn't want me hating others. He doesn't want me wanting to control others. He doesn't want me manipulating others. So if I allow this in my own concept of loving self, then I actually already know, ooh, I messed up. We have an entire demonic system especially on planet earth today, 
trying to make everybody confused about what loving yourself looks like. And that's why the whole Leviticus bunch of stuff that we read the other night about all the perversions, that the scriptures are so difficult. We had to send children into the other room to read. Uh, was, was it Leviticus 18? I'm not sure. I think it was Leviticus 18 about all the things you're not supposed to do in concerning intimacy and relationships. There's still kids walking around. And it's very detailed. And every one of those things brings a curse. Satan tries to get everyone into every one of those things. And we've gotten so beyond even the curses in Leviticus that we actually have people who hate themselves so much that they do not even identify as a male or a female. They've made up a bunch of stuff. And now we've got people shoving that down our throats. And it's the opposite of loving yourself. Every one of those people who are struggling with that, every child that's struggling with their identity, first of all, if they're under, it's sad that they're like 12 years old and 10 years old and already struggling with sexual identity because all they've been fed is sexual perversion. And I do applaud parents who go the extra mile to keep their kids from that stuff. But I have to say, we have to teach them the truth because the other is so real and so wicked and it's everywhere and don't be deceived to think you can keep them from it because then they have a secret life that you don't know about but let me say this maybe you're really good at keeping them from it praise god but if you don't love yourself you can't give them what they need here's my thing i'm going to help those kids love themselves because some of you can't love yourselves so don't get in my way. Don't let the enemy put you in the way of your child loving themselves because you have yet to have a breakthrough to love yourself. And let me just say this. Whoa, all this mess of, oh, let's look at this. Oh, let's look at this. Oh, it's because of this. Oh, it's because of this. We have a deliverer. The only people who can break into freedom are those who love God and then love themselves because they love God and they see themselves how he sees them. How does he see you? He sees you the way he created you. He does not see you with what Satan has done to you. But I personally don't believe all I can do is just tell you, if I, I, my calling, I can't pretend that you're who God says you are and you're living that out until there's that victory and breakthrough. So if I'm up here and I'm just preaching, which is fine, there's people called to do this, and I'm preaching all this good news about how much he loves you and who he says you are, that's good. But he said he came to heal the brokenhearted, which means there's a supernatural divine gifting and anointing to heal people who've been wounded to not love themselves. And then I can cast the demons out and they can't come back. And then I can open the eyes of the blind to see and bring forth creative miracles that will heal even physical things in your body and, and begin to help you to see things the way you need to see things. And then 
we can go and set people free who have such brain damage or have been so hurt by what the enemy has done that they can't even reason anymore. And God's great love and compassion will even go down and rescue them. How cool is the real gospel? I'm, I'm really actually excited, maybe for the first time, that God has sent me such hurt people. And I'm thankful for those who aren't hurt. I don't really think everybody's hurt, but actually we've all kind of learned everybody's kind of hurt. Some of them are, they don't know it. But there's also people who weren't raised to be hurt, thank God. There's, but I'm thankful he sent me hurt people. Because it makes me have to go deep into his heart and get his compassion of what are the truths to set people free. But most people have some bondages unless you were really raised by spirit-led parents who really, really loved God and who really, really loved them unconditionally and also knew how to heal them when they messed up. And, and, and how many know, how many know, whew, this is exciting. That's what God has for this generation. Not that they are so wicked and evil that he's got to come back because there's nobody left to be saved. And I break the power for thinking that. I, I, there, it's going to come down before his return to people everywhere seeing and seeing the choice. They're gonna, you will not be deceived into taking the mark of the beast. Forget the mark of the beast for right now. We got so off track with the vaccines, the mark of the beast, and this is the mark of the beast. And my gosh, we aren't even close to the bride being ready. And it's just the enemy trying to make us look like a bunch of nuts again, like nobody wanted microwaves when it was first introduced. And nobody wanted, electric cars are fine if there wasn't somebody pushing them who could control us with them. But the day will probably come, why, I want a solar car. Then God's in charge. If he wants me home, he'll have a rainy day. If he wants it nice, he'll, I'll just sit out there and say, God, I need my car charged let the sun shine. Anybody be coming to my house? I'll charge them to sit in my yard to get their cars charged. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Amen. I mean, you want something, but don't give me one that, that you make the battery last ten, five years and then I got to pay more than I paid for the car to get a new battery. But give me something that you can't touch and mess with. To make a fortune off of. There is going to be new technology that will make people who've been crippled able to put something in their brain and they'll walk. And we are not to come against that technology. You're not the one crippled who's never walked. It's not your child who's never walked. But if the church would recognize that the enemy is being able to do things with medical miracles that we're supposed to be doing with his power, then we ought to wake up and realize there's a way to do this that's greater than anything they can come up with. But to come against people because God gives them the revelations and the knowledge, or let's say knowledge, to help people, we're ridiculous. That's like telling somebody, don't wear a hearing aid because if God wanted you to hear, you could hear. Well, if the church would mature and be who she needs to be, then people would hear because they can hear. 
during this 2020 God shaking everything, he is, some people are looking really foolish. And when we look that, and, and even the people I love and people I, I, see, I can watch somebody and I can see their real anointing. I can see where they're really getting stuff that's powerful and cool and I enjoy it. But I don't buy everything everybody says. When they get off into conspiracy stuff and they get off into this and that and don't do this and that. And I'll be honest, I think people ought to humble themselves. If they have a lot of people following them and listening to them, they ought to be able to just be honest and say, you know what, I was dumb on that one. Instead of pretending it didn't happen and then being a hypocrite is what it looks like to the people who knows that it happened, just like our government is. Here's the churches sitting there saying, and they're trying to cover this up. Well, I don't cover anything up. When I mess up, I tell you. Because there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And if you're looking for me to be perfect, ha ha. I'm believing to be perfect. I'm on the journey. To be perfect is to be completely led by Holy Spirit. And I'm not looking for a perfect uh, apostle, a perfect prophet, a perfect teacher, a perfect evangelist, a perfect pastor. I'm looking for a humble, submitted to God and able to confess their sins to one another and be forgiven. And I believe if I sin and I say something that could hurt you or wound you or lead you astray, then I need to be humbled enough to tell you I'm sorry about that. And then if you don't forgive me, that's between you and God. If you don't hear anything else I have to say, then you're going to miss whatever God wants you to hear me say. He's got this. He doesn't need all our rules and protocols and regulations. He knows how to be God. We need to get all the other stuff out of the way. Right? <laughs> so we're going to have worship. Now, listen because condemnation kicks into the people when you have to realize you don't love yourself. But it shouldn't. When I can pinpoint my problem, then I can go to my heavenly father who, who already knows that I love him. It's already been established that God loves you, correct? That was established at the cross and Christ raised him from the dead. That he Never is going to prove that to you again. Does everybody understand that? He's never going to prove to anyone ever again that he loves them. I get this. He really went to hell for you. Everything you've ever faced, he had to face. Not because of his sin, but because of yours. Not because of his woundedness, but because of yours. It's not only enough, it's amazingly enough. And you have to just accept it. Just receive it. So right now, we're going to get this really straight when we get ready to go into worship. I want you to declare this. I want you to buzz through every wall. This isn't even a question, so I don't even have to ask. You can't be saved without believing this. God loves me. All right, say it. No, say it loud like you mean it. Okay. It doesn't mean your mama loved you. It doesn't mean your daddy loved you. It doesn't even mean your pastor might love you. I do because he's given me a heart to. But 
You see what I'm saying? He loves you. Now, how do you know he loves you? Because he died on the cross for you. You alone. He would have done it just for you. He's a God. He's a personal God. I want you to say it like you mean it. Because we are building foundation here that's based on truth and not how you feel. Your feelings are because the enemy has messed with you. So everyone, we're going to, here's the three things. Say, God, I, say, God loves me. God loves say it loud. God loves me. God loves you make sure your kids know it. You make sure your spouse knows it. They can be mean as a hornet, acting like nuts, and just look around and say, you know, God loves you. Sometimes, sometimes some of the kids in kids' church are all having their attitudes, and I walk right over to them. I hug them. I say, you know, man, I love you, and Jesus loves you. And it doesn't matter if they wiggle away from you or whatever. If you, don't, if you can't love them yet because you don't love yourself, then let them know Jesus loves them. Maybe tell them, say, I'm, you know, I really know that God put you in my life, and I really know that, because I, that I love you, but I can't, I can't, I don't have that breakthrough yet, but I'm agreeing with God. And let me tell you this, it has nothing to do with you. You are so lovable. Maybe you could pray for me. Maybe you could pray for me. But know this, Jesus loves you. God loves you. And I'm working on loving myself because I really want to love you the way you should be loved. That's a good one. I'm really crying out to God for me to This is especially for your children or grandchildren. And your husband if you're already married. Not for some guy who's a creep that you're trying to marry. Can I get an amen? amen. Oh, sorry, person watching. Anyhow. Is this breaking through? There's actually what some people call breaker anointing in here today. Just a breaker anointing. You don't have to try to use your intellect to figure this out. This isn't that difficult. Foundation. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who loves me so much that he was in agreement with the Father. And he, he had, I wanted his will, not my flesh will. I wanted his will, not my flesh will. And I laid down my life that we could have you back in our family. And God doesn't regret what he did. Oh, don't ever regret the relationships that aren't working smoothly in your life because you don't love yourself. Relationships that are already there. Don't blame yourself and go into condemnation. When I recognize the enemy has wounded me here, I take that to God. So all the things you've been trying to do to love yourself, how many know they don't work? How many that know they lead to bad relationships, sexual sin, perversions, um, 
over uh, selfish ambition, overachieving, entanglements, workaholics, 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 because here I'm not supposed to love these people. I'm supposed to help these people. And I know I can do this job and I can help people. I know I could be a good teacher. I could be a good nurse. I could be a, a good uh, clerk in the store. I could be a good salesperson. And let me replace that so I never have to deal with I don't love myself. How I many know God's going to shake everything? Not only will you not be able to replace that, he may take it from you if you don't lay it down. And I'm not saying to quit your jobs. I'm saying quit letting it be an idol. Quit letting anything be an idol. He tells you to. Lay down your idols. Anything that makes you not yield to Holy Spirit. Don't be okay if you've survived without loving yourself. Don't pat yourself on the back because you think you survived well. Everything is about relationship, not money, not helping people. Everything is about true relationships. Everything. That's how we're creating his image and his likeness. So that's the thing. When we go into worship, if that's your thing, deal with it. Let God deal with it because that, it will take your sound mind. That will open all kinds of curses and disease and cause your kids to be wild and crazy and all these things happening. How many want, how many want to love themselves? Some of you don't want to love yourselves. Well, you don't even think you're worth loving. That's really sad. Get free. You're made in the image of God. We want to love ourselves. Not with the counterfeit self-love of faces and, and sleeping with everybody that kind of moves and thinking therefore you're loved and giving everything you have to people so they'll like you and, and going into debt but giving away money like you're rich and all this mess. All that's garbage. All that's garbage. Garbage, 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 garbage. Recognize it as garbage. Hit the delete button. You know, when you do your... Your email, I finally learned how to do it fast. I just say, none of that's any good. Select all and then trash. Then it comes up, you want to trash all? Yes. Trash it all. Trash it all. Trash it all. Trash every single thing that you ran to to try to, to compensate for not being able to love yourself. Because guess what? If you never love yourself, you're really going to use everything else besides unconditional love, to have relationships. And it never works. It just leaves a wounded person who thinks they're unlovable. Why couldn't my mom love me? Why couldn't my dad love me? Why, why couldn't? And then they're going to run. Mm, it's not going to be our culture that causes them to run to other uh, relationships. It's going to be not loving themselves. If you don't love yourself, you're going to sleep around. Our culture now says it's okay. Our culture says, hey, little kids, um, when you're supposed to have best friends that are the same sex as you, 
That means even at eight or nine, if you're even, then maybe, maybe, maybe you're the wrong gender. Or maybe that, do you see what I'm saying? And so the culture, the evil culture is saying, hey, come get into this perversion. Come get in this perversion. All I was able to do with your parents was get them into fornication. Or all I was able to do with them was get them into pornography. And that's all horrific. But now he's got something even more evil. You know what? I'm going to get you to hate yourself so much that you're going you're gonna to let them cut off your body parts. You're going to take hormones that's going to destroy you and give you diseases and kill you early. And let me tell you, quit blaming the culture. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, deal with not loving yourself. I mean, put it on the altar. Cry out to God. Ask him, break through God, please. I need you to break through. I want the faith. You can do this. You will do this. There is no way. And I'm not hanging on to what I've substituted. I'm not hanging on to anything. I'm not blaming another race. I'm not blaming another gender. I'm not blaming my church history. I'm not blaming my mom. I'm not blaming my dad. I'm not blaming anybody because I have found the one who can set me free. I have found the one who hung on the cross, went to hell for me, rose again, sent his own spirit to come inside of me, to set me free. And I'm going to be free. I'm going to be free. And I'm laying down the idol. I'm laying down the idol of being so nice to everybody else. I'm laying down the idol of alcoholism and pornography and perversion. I'm laying down the idol of uh, um, you know, work, a workaholic. I'm laying down the idol of just hanging out and having a good time all the time and thinking that takes a place. No, I am going to love myself in a holy, glorious, perfect way that I was created to do. And there's no demon who can stop my God from giving me this victory. He's not asking you to get it. How has that worked? He's not asking me to give it to you. How has that worked? I'm not, trying, like, I'm not spending my life trying to do something I can't do. Because I know the one who can do it so quickly, it's not even funny. I know the one who's already done it. All you have to do is seriously lay down your idols and recognize this is the real problem. This is the major problem for most people who can't really love. This is a major problem for most of the parenting issues. That's why some kids go through this stuff, and you could have missed it some, but they still come out fine. It wasn't just because they had a Christian education. This is powerful. This is not what I was going to preach. <laughs> this is powerful. This is the answer to what a lot of you have been praying about. But you have to first, so we go into worship in a few minutes. I want you to first be real about do you love yourself? And if you can honestly say, you know what? I love this and that, but that's more stuff I try. But you know, when it goes deep down, do I really love myself? Do I love myself no matter what? If I, if I wasn't working, if I wasn't doing this, if I didn't have people, do I love myself? See, I love myself. I love myself without having a high-paying job. I love myself even if this church never gets any bigger and even if it gets smaller. I love myself even if I have a lot of friends or no friends. 
because I have found the one who has created me in his image and his likeness. And I believe the value he has placed in me by dying for me and loving me. And then to have his spirit in me on top of all that, not to promote me, but to cause me to find this glorious relationship with God. I have found the real reason of living. Whew, this is so free. So get out of the, what's the next thing? Where's the next? Okay, thank God that he can have me come and move and set people free. But let me tell you what. You have to agree with him. And you have to get real and say, oh, this is the problem. This is the problem that caused my children to get into some mess. This is the problem that's caused sickness and illness to attack me. This is the problem that hurt marriages and relationships. This is, this is the problem. If you know you love God, you already know he loves you, you know you love him, then the next problem is you don't love yourself. Don't you want to love yourself? Not in the, see all those kids on their social media TikToks and their this and their that, and then their little groupie girls and this and that, they're all trying to love themselves. Just like all your mess is you trying to love yourself. And trying to love yourself instead of loving yourself causes mental illness, causes relationship mess up. It's always their fault. No, you didn't love yourself and you were drawn to somebody who didn't love themselves and what were you expecting? You know, when you don't love yourself, you replace intimacy with perversion. And you wonder how you can live pretty holy and nice until somebody comes along you're kind of interested in. And then all of a sudden you're wondering, how could I be acting like this or having these thoughts or thinking like this? I'm telling you the answer. You didn't love yourself. You didn't love yourself. There's a lot of ways the devil makes you not love yourself. Your dad disappoints you. Your mom disappoints you. You find out that they're not who they say they are. The church disappoints you. You find out that, all the, do you understand? Everything Satan is doing, he has two, one main thing. Don't love God. Be bitter against God. Let me make them now. Oh, they found God. Okay, everything else he's done in your life from the day you were conceived through generational curses, don't love yourself. 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 How many know we were created in the image and likeness of God? We are worth loving. We are worth, I don't care what the media says. I don't care what the Republicans say. I don't care what the Democrats say. I don't care what the president or fake president or uh, the media. I don't care what soap operas say. I don't care what anything says. I don't care what false spirituality says. I believe God. Jesus wouldn't have told me that the second commandment was love your neighbor as yourself if he wasn't making it very clear that deep down I was created with the ability to love myself. 
that I was created knowing I was worth loving. He made me that way. He made me that way. I was knitted together in my mother's womb knowing in the very DNA of my being that I was lovable and worth loving. And whatever the enemy did to destroy that, I cancel it in the name of Jesus. And I start now agreeing with God. Rather, whatever stops me from feeling it, that thing's going to be moved out of the way. God will show me how he'll bring me to that deliverance. Whatever I have picked up as an idol and I thought it was okay, I'm laying it down. I'll keep my job, but it's not replacing this knowing that I love myself and God's going to make it real. God's going to make it real. God's going to make it real. It doesn't matter that I was hurt or molested or cursed out or slapped or beaten or told I was nothing. None of those, those were all the enemy trying to stop me from loving myself. He is defeated. He's defeated. He's defeated. All the religious, if I don't do this right, all the hypocrisy, all the, the Pharisee and all the, if I follow all the rules, he says none can do it. I believe him. I'm not calling him a liar to think that I can actually follow all the rules in the word of God. And then the ones they make up after that, he's not asking me to, he's asking me to love him with everything, to love myself, to, 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 to agree that I do love myself. Okay. Ready? Do we agree with who he says we are? Then we're going to say, I love myself. One, two, three. I love myself. No, no. Some of y'all got to say it louder. One, two, three. Say it really loud. I love myself. Say it really loud. I love myself. I love myself. If, if, I never, if I never do anything that anybody recognizes in the kingdom, it doesn't matter. But when I love myself and I get that freedom of being in agreement with God, then there's going to be a breakthrough to where I will really start loving people. I'll really start loving. I'll really be able to minister. I'll really, I won't be using them. I won't be entangled, trying to make them who I think they should be. Would you make them, before you forget that and let God make them who he wants them to be and deal, because love never fails. Love never fails. Love never fails. So we are going to be a people who lay down our idols. Some of y'all are, I don't know how to live without my idols. Well, you'll enjoy it. There's freedom. Can I tell you, there's such freedom in loving yourself and not trying to prove anything. God is only going to be able to trust apostolic power to those who don't need him to prove anything about them. And when we love ourselves, then we can let go of all that stuff. It, takes, it may take some time, but today he's setting this foundation that you're going to build on. Him he loves you. He, the Father, the Holy Spirit, love you. Now you've got to love. And he's put it in you to love yourself. That's how you were created in his womb. When he knit you together in your mother's womb, 
there was already within you a love for self. And people spoke abortion over you and began to kill it. You were born, you get screamed at, yelled at, told you're not good enough, criticized, told this and that. So you, something must be wrong with me. Something must be wrong with me. Why can't I do anything right? Oh, I got to do it right. I better do it right. And then, well, you know what? Forget it. I can never please anybody. Oh, great. Put up a wall of rebellion. So it's super, super hard for God to get through because you just took the devil in and you've chosen to be rebellious and you're going to have to hit who knows what before you turn your life back to God. If you do everything right, but for the wrong reasons, it's still wrong. Especially when we know God's real. Why do it for the wrong reasons? Let's do it for the right reasons. Let's do it in Christ. I feel a truckload of breakthrough in here today. I really do. I feel a lot of breakthrough in here today. I believe... I believe when we, when we can worship as long as I want, I'm not in a hurry. I believe when we get, okay, when you get up off the floor or out of, when you, when you leave this place, I want you to know you're stepping into a journey of loving yourself. No, let me say, here's different. You're stepping out in the reality, I do love myself. I do love myself. But then you're going to go through the process of getting rid of all the idols that you took on, all the selfish ambition, all the trying this and all the trying that. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're going to get rid of all that. You're going to get rid of that. That will probably be a journey. But you're walking this journey in the freedom of loving yourself. In the freedom of knowing that God loves you. In the freedom of knowing that you love God. Do you understand the difference? I'm not trying to make God love me. He loves me. I'm not trying to love God. I love him. Everybody think has that, right? Okay, you have that. Okay, how cool is that? That's pretty far advance. Now, today when we leave here, for real, we're actually leaving with the knowing and the revelation. And if you want to say building ourselves and who he wants us to be, we are leaving with the knowing, I do love myself. Now, everything I've taken on when I didn't know that I loved myself is going to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. It's going to bow its knee. Every demon involved has to leave. Every healing of the brokenhearted place that has to come, he will bring. I'll go re-listen to some of the teaching and all of a sudden I'll get it. Oh, I can do this altar call. It's not with my intellect. I get it. I get it. And those things have to leave. So I want everybody to know this. If you're listening and you know you're supposed to be here, you're watching and listening or on the radio listening, this is a new day. Ho! This is a new day. This is a new day. And for those who love themselves, there's still usually some places where you have to let go of some idols. Because you can actually love yourself and get puffed up and then get into a big mess. So he's going to start dealing with that too. That's the shaking. Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. 
And also check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.